hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Because of the love of Jesus, I'm free. His love has made me free. The word of the Lord says now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Please let the moving around at the backstop. Let everybody just, please, please. I see a lot of movement uh, and I'm distracted. Thank you. Can we bow down our heads and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning? You ask him for your word. Lord, I ask you for my word. And I ask that you reveal your mind unto me this morning in very clear terms and very express terms. I pray. Lord, I desire a building up of my spirit, a building up of my faith by your word, O oh God, this morning. I'm asking that you open me up to realms and dimensions of instruction and revelation and wisdom in your word that I have never seen before, even today in the name of Jesus. I desire that your word will bring settlement my way, will bring settlement into my affairs, into my situations in the name of Jesus. Receive victory from the word. Lord, that your word will cause me to know victory in diverse areas of life. Victory in the name of Jesus. Where there are delays, pray that this morning the word of the Lord will bring speed your way, will bring acceleration your way. Lord, this morning let your word bring speed my way. Let your word bring acceleration my way in the name of Jesus. Receive order, order that things will fall in shape. There will be order on account of God's word this morning unto you. Let there be order, let there be order. No disorder, no disorderliness, only order from your word in my life. If and this morning in the name of Jesus. So believe the Lord for an experience with him and in him from his word this morning. Lord, I believe for an experience, an encounter in you and with you from your word this morning. An encounter, an experience, a defining encounter, a defining experience in you and with you this morning as I release myself to your word. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Father. And those who are coming, bring them. Lord, hasten them to your house uh, that together we shall partake of the table that you have set before us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sweet psalmist. Thank you, instrumentalist, uh, for being a blessing. And everyone who is in church already this morning, thank you for coming and good morning, everybody. Okay. Um, we started something last Sunday. Um, it's a series called Relationship Dynamics. Relationship Dynamics. And uh, the word relationship is the interaction that takes place between people or between subjects or between objects, if you like. Amen. And we have said Elohim, our eternal creator, believes in relationship. He had relationship in mind from the beginning of time when he chose to create man. He created man because of relationship. So the overriding reason why man was created was because our creator Elohim desired to have a relationship with us. And up to now, he still desires to have a relationship with us. Amen. We looked at Isaiah 43, 21. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Myself, my praise, myself. So himself, his praise 
So it's about him, and that is why it is about us. Amen. So God is a God who is highly relational in nature. Amen. He created man with the ability to reproduce so that it will not just be one man, it will be humanity as a whole that will have a relationship with the creator as one. Well, we looked at Genesis 1, 20 to 28. You know, we're not going to do all that this morning, but don't forget that in verse 26, said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle and everything that creepeth. And in verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. He blessed them, humanity, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And let me quickly say this. In Genesis chapter 1, you see creation. In Genesis chapter 2, you see formation. In Genesis chapter 1, he created. In Genesis chapter 2, he formed everything that he created. So creation precedes formation. Don't ever forget. So, so, so the believer in Christ is created. Amen. Created after Christ at the point of salvation. Then formation takes place. Formation is the process that kicks in after you have come to Christ. So becoming Christ-like formation. Hallelujah. You receiving an instruction of God's word here. An instruction of God's word there. A revelation of God's word there. A revelation of God's word here. An understanding of God's word here. An understanding of God's formation is taking place. I, I just felt, I, I, I should say that. Okay, so he created in chapter 1. And he formed in chapter 2. Man was created in chapter 1. Man was formed in chapter 2. He said, out of the dust of the ground, the Lord God formed the man. That was his formation. But he had been in God's mind before he was formed. Hallelujah. And that tells us the spiritual precedes the physical. First, it takes place in the spirit realm, creation, and then it manifests in the physical, formation. Don't ever forget that. Hallelujah. And that's how God deals with you. And that's God, how God deals with me today. Amen. So some of us have received some things spiritually. They are ours already. You've received that life partner. You re you've received that baby already spiritually. Now the formation, the physical manifestation. Don't lose your faith there. Help me tell somebody, don't lose your faith there because it's a process. If you say because you haven't seen it physically, it means God has not done it. And you turn your back and you release your faith. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You, you, you simply, you simply short-circuited the process. May we not short-circuit the process of our visitation in the name of Jesus. I, I can hear your amen. May we not short-circuit the process of our visitation in the name of Jesus Christ. When you put faith to work, you don't call it back in. When you put faith to work, you don't call it back in. When you send faith on an assignment, assuming, let's use farming, agriculture, farming, crop planting as our example. And you have given faith to work on a field to do the work of planting. And the planting is ongoing. And you know when you are planting, you are not harvesting yet. You are still planting. Planting is going on. Planting is going on. In actual fact, ground preparation. So you prepare the land. There was something we read in school many years ago. Mulching. I remember mulching. You mulch so that you can, you can retain moisture in the soil. You, 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 you can have good quality of soil. Amen. Planting is going on. You plant. You know, watering is going on. You water. It is not harvest time yet. And your faith is making all that happen. You now decide to call faith back in. 
Is the process complete? The process is not complete. When is the process going to be complete? After the fruits are formed. Even when the fruits appear, the process is not complete. The fruits must mature. Amen. The fact that you see fruits does not mean that they are ready to be harvested. There are times you see mango fruits. There are many on a tree, but they are still very green. You touch them, they are still very hard. You can't take them then. You must wait for them to ripen. When they ripen, then you put in the sickle to the harvest. You call them in. That is not, that is when it is now ready to be eaten, to be ingested. Hallelujah. Don't call in your faith while the process is still going on. Until you see the harvest. Until you see the harvest. Until you see the harvest. Faith has not finished the job. Until you see the harvest. Why am I going like this this morning? Until you see the harvest. Faith has not finished the job. Praise the Lord. Help me tap your neighbor. Make sure you see the harvest. Tap somebody. I said tap. Tap where? Tap Tape. And tell the best until you see the harvest. Faith has not finished the job. Hallelujah. Who did you tap? My sister. You didn't tap anybody. You think we are playing. Until you see the harvest. Faith has not seen. Faith has not finished his job. Hallelujah. So we said relationships make or mar. Your relationship with God will make or mar you. Your relationship with the devil <laughs> will, will make or mar you. As the devil can make. Yeah, the devil can make some things happen. It can make destruction happen. It can make retardation happen. It can make defeat happen. It can make sickness happen. It can, oh yes, he can make things happen. Your relationship will make or mar. Be careful. We said dynamics, the interplay of forces that shape outcomes. And uh, we have looked at the primary example of relationship that God modeled for us. Our Heavenly Father Elohim exists in Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they operate in perfect harmony, perfect sequence, perfect consonance, perfect synchrony. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We even looked at Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1, and we saw the vision of Ezekiel. I'm not going there today. I, I refuse to be tempted. We saw the vision that Ezekiel saw as he sat among the captives by the river Keba. Remember that place? How that he saw, you know, a wheel, and then the wheel was full of eyes, and then there were uh, four living creatures. They had four faces, and all those wheels and the eyes and the moving creature moved at the same time, stopped at the same time. You know, did things at the same time. Perfect harmony, perfect synchrony. And that is how God relates uh, with the Godhead. And God expects us to relate with him like that as well. Amen. <laughs> so I'm simply doing some rehash here. Okay. So we have said that um, God modeled relationship with the life of um, Enoch, for instance. And uh, finally we... Ended that message that day on the fact that it is always about men. It is about men. So that was why God created Adam. Genesis chapter 2 and uh, verse 7. He formed Adam. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And if you care to read further, chapter 15 or chapter 2, verse 15 to 23. Then the Lord took the man. It was always about man. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, the man, saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of a tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, and so on and so on. If you go down, you will see that the Lord got caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, the man. And he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. 
Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. But don't forget the blessing that was put on them, not on him. The blessing that was put on them in Genesis 1:28. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. So that blessing, that empowerment was for them, not for him. So them, plural, amen. So humanity was created to replenish the earth, to fill the earth, to dominate the earth, to put the signature of house you live in matters. That neighborhood you occupy matters. That place you walk matters. Your contribution in time matters. Your skills that you have learned matters. You know how to do hair. Make hair. It matters. You know how to sing. It matters. Your Amala is the best in town. It matters. It is your space. They will say until you eat Amala Sky. Who knew Mama Sky before? Now Amala Sky. People come from Lagos to buy Amala Sky. To eat Amala Sky. That's her space. There was a time in the history of this nation. There was a place. We used to call it Obalende Rice. People will go from Ibadan. When people have things to do in Lagos, we will give them our plates to help us buy Obalende rice. You got there at 2 a.m. That rice was available. I'm sure they're still there. You know, you have a lot of Hausa folk there. Obalende rice. The stew was special. That is their space. You have your own space. You are not taking advantage of your space. Some have a space and they do not see any good in their space. They keep looking at what the other guy is doing. For goodness sake, when are you going to realize that you are original? Somebody is looking for you and you are busy looking for something else. Hmm. Hallelujah. It's all about man. And so Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Let's read Ezekiel 22 and 30. And I sought for a man who was seeking for a man here. He made man. Should he seek for man? Man that he made. He should simply summon him. You go, you go. But not God, not God. Why? When he made that man, he gave him the ability to decide what he wants to do. We call it willpower today. He created man with the ability to exercise his will. And the soul or the mind is the center of the intellect, will and emotions of man. So you exercise your willpower to come to church this morning. You exercise your willpower to put on clothes this morning. You could have chosen to come to church naked this morning. I just have my will run from you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who is still with me up to now? So he sought for a man because he will not override man's will. It's about man. It's all about men, relationship. 
And I sought for a man among them that shall make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Meaning if he, have, if he had found one man, he will respect that man. He will respect the intercession of that one man. He will respect the plea of that one man. He will respect the prayer of that one man. Listen, you matter to God. Your plea matters to God. Your pr prayer matters to God. Your voice matters to God. It's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. He deals with every child of his as though that child is an only child. Did you hear what I just said? God deals with you as if you're an only child. Yet he has billions of children, but he deals with you as if you're an only child. That is why our relationship with God can be so, 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 so personal. Hmm. So he sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy, but I found none. It's always about men. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell these people, Hear you indeed, but understand not, and see you indeed, but perceive not. This was messianic if you like it was like the lord looking for a man you know for an assignment isaiah yes primarily yes was available you know if you look at the messianic dimension of it jesus was saying i come to do thy will O god for it is written of me in the volume of a book i have come to do thy will he said in offerings and, and, and in sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure but a body thou hast prepared for me whose body the body of jesus the body of christ so christ was ready amen it's all about men why do you think god the father sent his only begotten son or shall I say, why do you think God the Father sent himself to manifest as man for the sake of men? Christ came to die for men. Amen. For the sake of the love that his Father has and had for men. Amen. It's all about men. Why are we in church today? It's about men. Why do we have the Holy Ghost today? Because of men. Why do we have the Bible codified as it is today? Because of men. God wants to relate with men. Hallelujah. Jesus did not come to shed his blood for fish. He didn't come to shed his blood for elephants. He didn't come to shed his blood for crocodiles. Yesterday I saw, I was reading a documentary, and I saw a big crocodile that just swallowed a, a cow. Massive thing. Massive thing. They caught it in Australia. Massive thing. I said, hey. Maybe that was Leviathan that, uh, that Job was talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. So today the Great Commission is about men. The apostles of the Lamb were raised up, called apostles for the sake of men. Help me tell your neighbor, you matter. Ah, you matter. We matter. Amen. The apostles of the Lamb, men. Uh, we have a few scriptures there. Uh, okay, let's read Mark th uh, chapter 3. Mark's gospel, chapter 3, from verse 14 to 19. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. And he ordained 12 that he should send them, uh, that they should be with him, number one, that he should send them forth to preach, number two, and to have power to heal sickness, and number two, and to cast out devils, number three. Listen, men, why did he have to? Couldn't he do those things by himself? God believes in our partnership. Amen. It's partnership. Hmm. 16, and Simon, his son, and Peter, he started giving them, you know, nicknames, if you like, appellations, if you like, or cognomens, if you like. And Simon, his son, named Peter, 
and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, he surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. Even Christ had a sense of humor. Some people don't know that Jesus had a sense of humor. Hallelujah. And he looked at the two brothers and said, you, you are, you are sons of thunder. You, you are Simon, you are Peter. Petra, the rock, little rock. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him and they went into a house. It was all relationship based. Amen. Did you notice something in that scripture that we just read? The inner three were the ones he gave surnames to. He didn't give surnames to the others. See the level of intimacy that existed between him and the inner three, Peter, James, and John. Did you notice that? Okay, praise the Lord. Hmm. Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 19, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. What did he say? And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's all about men. You want to be wealthy, you need men. You want to be full of influence, you need men. You need to exercise your dominion. No, it will be over men. You need to be a value creator in today's world. It is about men. Who is with me? It's about relationships. Hallelujah. You, you want to be a force to be reckoned with in time and to cross over to eternity? Men. Whose life are you affecting? Which lives are you affecting here on earth? Men. You are a lecturer? Men. You are a teacher? Men. You are a cook, man. Whatever it is, you, man. Hallelujah. So stop discounting men. Stop saying, I don't like to see people. I, I, I'm shy. I don't want to see people. Then we shouldn't see you. You might as well evaporate. And another one will take your, your space. May no other person take our space. But who is with me? You get the message, don't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. The types of men, God uses all men. We said that last Sunday, all men. He wants all men to be saved. He wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all men to know Jesus. He will use all men. He will use yielded vessels. Are you yielded? Am I yielded? Are you available? Am I available? He will use, use yielded vessels. He will use holy vessels. He will use holy vessels. Let's see something in 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20. But in a great house, and the kingdom of God is a great house, in a great house, uh, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. In the kingdom, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are vessels of wood and hay in the kingdom of God. Is that not serious? And some vessels are to honor in the kingdom and some vessels are to dishonor in the kingdom. If you remember the, the parable, of tears that Jesus spoke. He said, while men slept, the enemy came and sold tears into the field. And he said, ah, these are tears. So God said, mm -mm, leave them. Let both grow up together. A time is coming when the, there's going to be a sifting. Aha, see this scripture now. In a great house, there are many vessels. Vessels of gold, vessels of silver. Some of wood, some of hay. And some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself... If a man therefore purge himself, it is left to you to purge yourself. It is left to me to purge myself of whatever is negative. So that 
a vessel of dishonor will become a vessel of honor. Let's read. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. From these, plural. What, what is that these? Dishonor. Wood and of earth. I, I, I want to be a vessel of gold. I want to be a vessel of silver. I don't want to be a vessel of wood. Set fire to wood, it consumes it. Of earth. Clay pots are breakable. They drop on the ground and that's it. When something is made of gold, it's not breakable. It is only fire that can work on gold. And what does fire do to it? It refines it. It makes it finer. Hello? The refiner's fire. If you put it in fire, it comes up purer again. And then you can remake it again into whatever it is you want. Gold does not lose value. Women, am I correct? Gold does not lose value. Hallelujah. Some people invest in gold. I hope you know. Some do gold investments. Amen. Jewelry. I'm talking of jewelry. Not even gold bars now. Jewelry. I have a friend who does gold investment. Does gold bars investment. Someone introduced him to him outside the country and he does gold. And he monitors from time to time. He monitors from time to time. So that when he wants to use that money, he can now convert it to liquid cash. You know, I appear confused, but I'm not confused. There is a problem in the body of Christ. Believers, we can't think. Believers, we don't see ahead. Believers, we pray, 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 pray. We don't act, 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 act. We don't take steps. We are not proactive. Hallelujah. Who should be in charge on earth? The heavens. Even the heavens belong to what? To who? Help me, Psalm 115. The heavens. Even the heavens belong to God. But the earth. What has he done? He has given to who? The sons of men. It is ours. It is ours. Occupy. Till he comes. Praise God. If you are now old and you can't just sing just song because of age, don't you have children? Pour into your children. Influence your children. Teach your children. Let them know what to do. Hallelujah. What have you been doing with all those contacts that you made? I always remember one of my uncles of blessed memory right now. There was no person that you wanted to see in this country that he did not have access to. He had old diaries. In those days, there were no mobile phones. Oh, that if you mention somebody's name, you say, close eh, What did you say? The name is Ah. Me, Mo, Suba, Burue. I don't know school. You say, I don't know him, but the younger brother was my classmate in school. Number one, be. Give me that book. That's how we used to call him Daddy Jericho. He will <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you doing with the contacts you have? It's not the crux of the message. Let, let, let me go back to what I was saying. Anyway, but it's part of it as well. Relationship. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Large house. Put yourself of the negative things and be a vessel. He shall be a vessel unto honor. Because those are the vessels the Lord is looking for. Vessels that are unto honor. Vessels that are sanctified. Vessels that are prepared. Meat for the master's use. Vessels that are furnished unto every good work. Those are the vessels the Lord wants. Amen. Are you one of those? You know something? You don't need to qualify for that. But you need to develop into that. As you are right now, 
You may not see, you may be a vessel unto dishonor. You may be of wood, but put yourself of those negative things and then be the vessel that God wants. Am I making some sense this morning? Church on the gallery. Am I making any sense to you this morning? Praise the Lord. Point number two, men need men. God needs men. Men also need men. Adam needed Eve from the day she was made. A natural fact, Adam was asked to dress the garden and to keep it. But he needed help to accomplish that work. So when Eve was given to him, help was given to him to accomplish his mission. Every man needs another man. Many years ago, there was this uh, pop song we used to sing. It had this line. I, I, I'll do the line and a generation will remember. No man is an island. Oh. If you know that song, raise your hand. We were doing before, I see if you didn't know the song. Hey, I know you get Praise the Lord. No man is an island. We need one another. So men need men. Let's read that scripture there. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 23 to 25. I'm going to read from the New Messianic Version. Genesis chapter 2, 23 to 25. And Adam, man, ground, red, athlete, said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Isha, woman, wife, because she was taken out of Ish, man, husband. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling to, hold on to, stick to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Let me read that line again. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling to, hold on to, stick to. Is she running away? So don't let her go. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't let her go. Who are we talking to? Ish. Every ish in the house. That is every man or every husband. Ish. I-S-H. The woman is Isha. I-S-H. A-H. Okay. And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Why? The man needed her. In fact, the woman was made for the man. The man was not made for the woman. Understand where we're coming from. The woman was made for the man. The man was not made for the woman. Understand where we're coming from. It was the man that needed helper. The woman didn't know anything because she was not even there. Hallelujah. So when it appears as though your husband is making demands, 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 it's because it's not his fault. Hallelujah. But is it his fault? It's not his fault. Amen. Is it your fault? Eh? My tea, my coffee, my this thing, my this door now, something's It's not his fault. Am I, am I, am I communicating here? 
If you like, do it. If you like, don't do it. You've killed him. Last week, I was making points that favored women. You didn't know that I'm coming. Hallelujah. You know, last week I was saying the woman was formed out of the man's side. The man was formed out of the dust. The man, highly functional, hard, everything hard. Don't you understand? Reverse, turn this way, basically right. You, ah, you, you've knocked the engine of that guy again. Ah, she, uh, because she came from, and she would say, oh, sweetheart, you know, because she came from your side. She, ah, did I knock it? Is it not working? Oh, she I brought it home. I switched off the engine by myself. Come and hear the sound. You are the one that knows the sound. She doesn't know the sound. I want it for it to move. So we said that last week, but listen, listen, listen. The woman was formed for the man. Hallelujah. So look after him. Did you hear what I said? Look after him. I see some wives. They are always elegantly dressed. Impeccably dressed. Everything in place. And you know women, they know how to dress. They won't put powder on the face. Man, when we come to church this morning, how many men put powder on their face? told you <laughs> what our dressing table looks like. All the junk my wife will push to my own side. I will look at her own side every neat, you know, something cream, something for the ice. So, ah. I've told you the story. One day, there was hamatan. The hamatan was very harsh. My skin was very dry. I took my shower and I went to the dressing table looking for the cream to use. And you have to be careful because some is for eye, some is for something, you know. So, ah! Then I saw one. I put it, I put it on my, it was very oily. I rubbed it all over my body. I said, hey, this is my time today. They said, what did you use? I said, I saw something on the, this is pink oil. I said, she said pink oil. I said, I saw the dark one, you know what I mean? She said, it's for the, here, be something. Oh. I said, it's good though. <laughs> I've not forgotten the point I'm trying to make. Some wives, well-dressed, everything in place, you know, foundation, everything there, concealer, everything. They will put on their wig and so on and so on. <laughs> Bachelors, you better be careful. Some of these sisters you are seeing with the wig on and makeup, do due diligence. So. Go and visit her in the morning before she takes her bath and then make up your mind. Because wig will not let you know. Okay, back to the point. <laughs> and you see their husbands looking like their slaves. They will go to Alexila and buy something for the man. You know, polyester. <laughs> Daddy is good, though. Daddy, that's what men are wearing now. You don't want to see me. Give it to your tailor because she's a good design for you. And she has stones all over. <laughs> Some men, too, they wear stones. I say, ah. Hey, you know, <laughs> men wearing sequence. Ah, ah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, look after your husband. You, you, you enter this life because he needs you. Is that okay? He needs you. And those of you who are not married yet, pray that the Lord will give you a man 
who needs you. Because the man who needs you will value you. He, he won't trample on you. He will honor you. And then you also will be able to play your role in the life of that man. There's a former American president. I'm going to mention his name here. He used to be governor of the state, the state of Arkansas. So some know who I'm talking about right now. When he was governor, his wife would be the one to package him. She would write his speeches for him. Both of them are lawyers by profession. She writes his speeches for him. She will choose the, the color of the suits to wear for that program the next day. Choose the color of the tie and so on. Package her husband. She will now say, start rehearsing the speech. Start rehearsing that speech. He will stand in front of the mirror. He will read. He will read. He will read. After a while, put it down. Now begin to read extempo. Begin to read without the script. And, and, and the man is a fast learner. Amen. You know? Fast learner. See what his wife was doing in his life. And there is no way they can push aside that man's presidency in the history of their own nation. But the one behind him was his wife. And so wives say, Bowe, if you like, read it. If you like, don't read it. Well, no when they disgrace you outside, you come, don't come and cry and meet me. Is someone listening to me? <laughs> Relationship dynamics. Dynamics. The interplay of forces that shape outcomes. Dynamics. So men need men. Okay, let's read uh, again. Uh, Proverbs 20, Proverbs chapter 20, 6 to 7. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. So men are, faithful men are in short supply. In other words, a faithful man who can find. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Thank God for just men, and they can produce a legacy of integrity. But listen, a faithful man who can find. Abraham had men. There was a time. His nephew was held captive, was taken captive. Remember when the four kings came to fight against the five kings, you know, and uh, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah were taken captive and Lot was taken captive when they told Abraham, what did he do? He took who? Men. How many? 318 men. Genesis chapter 14. Trained in his house. Ah, wait, oh. 318 men. They were men. They will have wives. Their wives will have children in his house. How were they feeding per day? Father Abraham was running a local economy as a man. He had an economy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Some of us, under our roof, only 10. There was a time, Sister Balanli, we were about 12 or 13 living under my roof. And people would come and say, when somebody comes and say, good morning, man. You know, they greet a visitor, you know. And say, oh, good morning. Another person says, good morning, ma. Sister <laughs> Balani, how many people are living in your house? <laughs> we say, it's just church. We don't, we, don't, we don't know. We had a local economy. But I'm talking about this man, 318 servants. Trained in his house. He was a strong man. Men. He took time to raise uh, those men. And those were the men that he took to battle. And in the dead of the night, they stole on the enemy. And they... They routed the enemy in battle and they, re, they came back with the captives. They liberated Lot and his family and others. Amen. Men. Father Abraham had men. You need men. Have you identified the men that God has given to you? Men. Huh. 
Moses was called by God. Do you know Moses by himself said, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I'm slow of speech. I, I, I can't talk before Pharaoh. He said, who made man's mouth? Anyway, your brother Aaron is there. He will be your mouthpiece. He said, Father, thank you. Thank you for Aaron. But do you know, it wasn't Moses and Aaron that did the job. Have we not seen uh, Aaron and Or in the Bible? Have we not read about the 70 elders that God asked Moses to bring before him? Beyond that, Jethro gave counsel at some point in time. Let's read, let's read, let's read. Exodus chapter 18. Exodus 18, men need men. Exodus 18, okay, 17 to 24. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that thou doest is not good. This was Jethro. He came to visit Moses. Actually, he brought his wife and children to him because Moses needed time to stabilize. Amen. Okay, so he came. That will surely wear away. Both thou and this people that is with thee, you will die before your time, he was saying to him. You will become older. You will start looking older than your age if you are not careful. Hallelujah. Amen. So men, let's be wise though. Men, remember what uh, that pastor in Abuja said, Pastor Jediese, is it Jediese? That said, uh, men don't die. He said, don't die. He said, women, when they have uh, challenges and so on and so on, following, they can, she can cry all night. Following morning, she will wash her face, put makeup on, put wig on, tie to something, go out again as if nothing is happening. Men will be thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and, thinking, and then there will be arterial occlusion. You know what that means? Arterial occlusion. A blockage of the blood vessel of the artery. Blood supply won't get to the brain. They say the man has stroke. They start giving you different names. Transient is chemical attack. Cardiac arrest. The men. It happens more in men. It happens lesser in women. Research supports it. Men. Better go and look for powder and stop rubbing powder. <laughs> Amen. So take care of yourselves, in other words. Anyway, this was the counsel that Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, gave to him. He said, you will surely wear away, but thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for you. This burden is too heavy for you. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Men need who? Men. Hallelujah. 19. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to God's word, that thou mayest bring the curses unto God. That is the cases. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, lay the standard. And the work that they must do, lay the standard. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, the qualities of the men to look of, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place over them to be rulers of thousands, structure, rulers of hundreds, structure, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Do you see that? Some traditions call them captains. Captains of thousands, they'll be men. Captains of hundreds, they'll be men. Captains of fifties, they'll be men. Captains of tens, they'll be men. A captain of thousands will be a captain of 1,000 men. It is still men leading men. Hallelujah. We need men. Faithful men. Loyal men. Hallelujah. In Numbers 11, 16 to 17. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit that is upon thee, and put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. Otherwise you will die anyhow. Men. When we 
Leave legacies. It is for men to continue our vision. Hallelujah. Don't live unto yourself alone because if you live unto yourself, you will die unto yourself. Men. Somebody say, I need men. But we must be careful of the kinds of men. Raise men and look for men who share your passion, who share your vision. Amen. Look for men that are malleable. They could be raw. The men David had were raw men. But after a while of associating with David, they became refined men. <laughs> David. <laughs> See, 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto who? Unto David. Can you imagine that? Those are the people that gathered themselves. Those are the men David started with. But after a while, we started, the Bible started talking about the mighty men of David, the 30. Another said, different from the 30, and they were full of exploits. Another said, this was how they started. Let's read again. And everyone that was in distress, they were in distress. And everyone that was in debt, they were running away from their creditors. <laughs> and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became captain over them. Right, sir? You know, those were the people that were in David's camp. And they were with him about 400. Imagine 400 of such men. I, I, I don't know whether you've had interactions with area boys before at, at close level. They can change at any time. They, they can change at any time. They're loyal this minute, and the next minute something cranks up there. and say, Baba, Baba. For David to be able to tame their madness, he was a strong man. It takes strong men to produce refined men. Who is with me this morning? I know, organize, I know an organization doing an extensive construction work many years ago. And that organization ordered iron, iron rods, reinforcements, very expensive. You know, up to now, reinforcements are very expensive. Am I correct, sir? Very expensive. And this man was an iron bender who came to supply the reinforcements to that place. And in the middle of the night, he came back to steal the reinforcements. And they caught him. After catching him, they said, why? They said, it's the devil. You know, it's always the devil. They said, it's the devil. And they said, well, now we'll forgive you. Rather than taking you to the police, don't do this again. Do you have a job? He said, he doesn't have a job. Okay, we'll give you a job. You know, that was magnanimous of them. They gave him a job. That organization rehabilitated him. He was a drunk before. He would get drunk on his motorbike, on his motorcycle, and enter gutter and sleep there. That's how his life changed. That's how his life changed. That person I'm telling you about today is a pastor. Don't write off nobody. They were in distress. They were owing men. They were discontented. Yet they became mighty men. So loyal men. We need loyal men. We need faithful men. We need competent and capable men. Men need men. But they must be competent. They must be capable. Point number three. The devil needs men. God needs men, yes. Men need men, yes. 
Even the devil too needs men. I won't be surprised if the devil is here this morning. Because when the sons of God came to appear before God, the devil too came in the story of Job. True or false? And God asked him, Where? Satan, Satan. Where are you coming from? Say, ah, okay. <laughs> As usual. Wakajube, up and down. You know, left and right. Going all over the place. You know, I don't have fixed address now, so I have to be moving. <laughs> Say, have you considered my servant Job? Amen. So, we're seeing that from the scripture, also that the devil needs men. The devil needs men. He is looking for a harvest. A harvest so that hell, which was created primarily for him and his demons, would have humans there. Hell was not created with man in mind. I hope you know that. Hell was created for the devil and his hosts, his angels, not for humanity. Paradise, heaven, was created for us, for God, and for his children. The devil is now trying to steal so that hell can have human beings. So he's looking for candidates for his kingdom. We need to be careful. The devil needs men to do what with? To use and destroy. Revelation 12. Can I read from verse 12 to verse 17? If I'm boring you, please let me know. And then I will draw the curtains on this. If I'm boring you. Who is bored this morning? Please be sincere. Don't, don't be afraid of your neighbor. Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice you heavens, and you that dwell in them. New, new Messianic version. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Who are those inhabiting the earth? Men and of the sea. Sea creatures. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, who did he persecute? The woman, that is the nation, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time. That's like, if you like, the three and a half, the three and a half years in the 70th week. Let me... Stay with my assignment. I don't want to confuse anybody. But listen, when you have time, that's one year. And times, that's two years. One plus two, three. And half a time, half year, that's three and a half. Okay, from the face of a serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as the flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was exceedingly angry with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. With the remnant of her seed. Who? This one is important. We must know it. Who does the Bible refer to as the seed of the woman? The seed of the woman. Have you forgotten the judgment that God put upon the devil, serpent in the garden? Genesis chapter 2. He says that he will crush your head. You will bruise his heel. So the devil will bruise the heel of the seed of woman. But the seed of woman will crush his head. Who is the seed of woman? Jesus Christ in it, the son of God. When the devil bruised his heel, that was going to the cross. 
Injury to the heel does not kill. It's not lethal. Injury to the head. When somebody crushes somebody's head, oh, oh, kaput, finito. Are we students of the Bible? Praise the Lord. The devil tried with Jesus. He didn't succeed me. Why? The heel, God healed eventually. The heel, H-E-E-L. God healed. H-E-A-L-E-D. Eventually. Hallelujah. Why? Christ rose on the third day from the grave. Hallelujah. But the damage to the devil was final, was complete, was total. Which is why in the name of Jesus Christ today, demons will flee. In the name of Jesus. When somebody is demonized and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command you out. You will see manifestation. Why? It's under our feet. But if you don't realize your authority, the devil will mess you up. Did you hear what I just said? Okay, let's read on. Revelation 12. So the devil is looking for men. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was continually arguing with the woman, and went to do what? Make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, the Father, and have a testimony of Yeshua. That is God's salvation. Moshiach, that is the Messiah. Who are those who have the testimony of Messiah? You and I. So the devil is in constant war with us. See, the two Koreas, North Korea, South Korea, they entered into a peace accord, even though technically they are still at war. I hope you know modern history. Technically, the two Koreas are still at war. I hope you know. It is just that uh, they declared conditions of peace, so it's suspension of hostilities, but the war is still going on, technically. They still watch each other. So North Korea still does drills. Uh, America, too, will go and do drills in South Korea. In fact, the president of South Korea was still in America this past week. Amen. Christians, do we know international news at all? Because Christians are not meant to be people who lack knowledge. Ah, don't you know who we are called? We are called the people of the book. The word Bible means biblos, means book, the book. Holy Bible. So we are called in the occultic realm the people of the book. The people of the book, we know no book. Is that not a disgrace to us? Hallelujah. Okay, let's go back. <laughs> so the devil is here to make war with us. Constant war with the church, with the believer in Christ. Constant war. You could have been born again for 35 years. The devil is still looking for how to make you fall. He's looking for how to make you cold. Looking for how to tempt you out of your convictions. After 42 years in the faith, and you've led hundreds of thousands to Christ, is still looking for how to bring you down. Hello? The war is not over as far as the devil is concerned. Christians sing, not with the devil. Amen. <laughs> okay, look at this. John chapter 10 and verse 10. I'll read from the Passion. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal. He wants to slaughter. He wants to destroy the Passion. A thief, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, he wants to slaughter, he wants to destroy. But have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. So don't allow the devil. He's looking for any man, every man, all men to destroy. That's all. He wants to slaughter, he wants to destroy, he wants to steal. But you must not allow him. I have a few more minutes to round this message up. Relationship dynamics. 
So this is like part two of the message. There are some people you need and there are some people you don't need. Number one, make sure you have an Andrew on your side. As you go through life, have an Andrew on your side. Have an Andrew on your side. As you go through life, have an Andrew. He's the finder, the one who finds. He's the connector. He's the one who investigates and brings the resources to you. Amen. He gives you specific information. He gives you strategic information. Have an Andrew on your side. Walk in teams, but have an Andrew on your side. You need an Andrew. Amen. Somebody was here to preach. I'm referring to him about the third time in the course of one or two weeks. And he said he does a lot of real estate. And uh, he has made sure over the years uh, that indigent people are his friends. Indigent, illiterate people from this city are his friends. And at times they come to his house and they say, Esa, Esa, there's one house. They want to sell that house. The location is very good. You see that they And he will say, so they say, it's going to be good if you can buy it. And we say, but I can't afford how much. They say, ah, Esa, we are there. You will pay small, small. Some dear, dear, small, small. Or better still, for the sake of good grammar, you pay by installments. And so, you see, the head of that family, we sit together. Because he looks after those men. So they give him privileged information. They will be the ones to go and find out, come to him. He knows nothing about it. And they'll give him the information. And the man will eventually buy the property. If he doesn't like the neighborhood, he will sell it at a premium. What is he doing? He's building equity, capital appreciation, non-quay. You know, that's how he builds his capital. So if the man decides to construct a high-rise building in central business district, I hope you know where central business district is in Nevada. That's Dubai. Amen. Praise the Lord. If he decides uh, it is because he has accumulated capital, he has acquired capital, he has built up capital over time. The opportunity he has, you and I also have, but we fail to utilize it. You are the mechanic workshop. And in the mechanic workshop, you are pressing your phone. You, say, you don't have time for all this nonsense. Just finish my car. Tiddy, finish the car and drop it in the office. Okay? And Tiddy has information that can benefit you. Ah. But you're not even his friend. They, they don't even see your face on the ground. Oh, Roger and Le. Believe me. So have an Andrew on your side. An Andrew, a finder. John's Gospel, chapter 136 to 44. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, who are you seeking? Look at verse um, 39. Okay, let me read everything. 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, come and see where I'm dwelling. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. It was like 4 p.m. One of the two which had John speak, and followed him was who? Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. What did Andrew do? 41. He first findeth, because he's a finder. He first findeth his own brother Simon, said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which has been interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, you know, many things happened. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 6, 5 to 9. When Jesus was lifted, 
then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, look at this multitude. We are going to get bread to buy for these people to eat. This is said to prove him, for he himself knew what he will do. Verse 7, Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here that I just found who has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Do you understand the role of Andrew finding so that there can be a solution? Always ensure you have an Andrew on your side. So when things appear somehow, you can call on here and say, I need information about this thing. Don't worry, I'll work on it now. Before close of work today, I'll get back to you. You need somebody like that. Another kind of person is this. You must ensure you have a Barnabas on your team. Ensure you have a Barnabas on your team. You need a Barnabas. You need a Barnabas. Who was Barnabas? The encourager. He sees what others do not see. You need them in your team. Relationship dynamics. He's interested in the common good. He will help you fulfill your purpose. He's result-oriented. He believes in getting results. Barnabas. Whereas others saw Paul the apostate, he saw Paul the apostle. Barnabas, you need a Barnabas. Acts chapter 4, 36 to 37. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which has been interpreted son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought, it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. What did he do? He realized there was a need in the church, in the early church, New Testament church. And he just felt, I should be able to do something about this. And he had land and he sold the land and brought the money and laid it at the feet of the apostles. You can use it for the need. What an encouragement that was to the need they had at, in hand at that point in time. He helped them to fulfill the purpose of God. You need a Barnabas on your side. Acts chapter 9, 26 to 31. We're going to read. And probably I might stop here. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem... He has said to join himself to the disciples. He attempted to join himself to the disciples. That's all. But they were all afraid of him and believed, that, and believed not that he was a disciple. They kept looking at him as Saul, the apostate, or Paul, the apostate. I hope you know that this, the same name, Saul was Hebrew, Paul was Greek. Amen. So he didn't change his name. Saul did not change his name from Saul to Paul. Please... I need you to say that's okay. Is that okay? Uh, because some people may say, ah, even so, change his name for Saul to Paul. Hero. I'm Tolu Alope. I'm also praised be to God. Have I changed my name? I haven't. It's still the same thing. Okay. So, Acts 9 um, 26. They didn't believe that he was a disciple. 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciples or the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. This was somebody they rejected, but because Barnabas took him, he saw what others were not seeing. You must have a Barnabas on your side. And that's how the ministry of Apostle Paul was accepted. And that's how Apostle Paul could now affect his generation. And he could you know, influenced the entire Gentile world for the Lord. He left Peter to do his ministry. He understood his own calling. 
Now he who walked effectually in me for my apostleship to the Gentiles is the one who walked in Peter for his apostleship to the Jews. Amen. So he could understand his own place. And that man wrote more than two-thirds of a New Testament that we carry. When you are reading an epistle, in all likelihood, you are reading Apostle Paul. When you are reading an epistle, in all likelihood, you are reading Apostle Paul. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you are reading Apostle Paul. Second Timothy, First Timothy, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, you are reading Apostle Paul. Amen. He wrote more than two-thirds of the New Testament because there was a Barnabas in his life. You need someone to encourage you, to make you even see what you do not even see about your life. Amen. There are some people you must avoid. We'll continue from there. Let me just mention one of them, Jonadab. Jonadab was the son of uh, Shema. Shema was one of the brothers of David. So Jonadab and the children of David were first cousins. Do you know Jonadab was the one that suggested to Amnon what to do to rape Tamar, his sister? You don't need Jonadab in your life. You don't need Jonadab in your team. We'll continue from there. What have you gained this morning from God's word? What have you seen from God's word this morning? Let us bow down our heads as we pray. First and foremost, I want you to pray for yourself based on what you have realized, what the Holy Spirit has brought to you this morning from his word. Have you seen something that you need to adjust? Have you seen an area of life where you need to step up on the force? Places where you need to press harder on the pedal. There's some places in life like that you have to press harder on the pedal. Who has God sent you to that is yet to come into contact with you? Who should hear your song? Who should read your poem? Who should enjoy that product of yours that is yet to be enjoying? How effective are you in your space that the Lord has given to you? There is a lot more that we can do than we are doing right now. Ask the Lord therefore for his help. To be all that you were ordained to be. Lord, I ask for your help. Such that I will be all that I've been ordained to be. Lord, I ask for your help. To understand the demands of my place in grace. And my space by grace. That I would walk worthy of you unto all pleasing. Taking note of my seasons. And my times are to your glory and to your honor, I pray. Lord, I'm asking for your strength and the anointing of your spirit to be the man that you have raised up for me to be. For your children also, to be the men and the women that you've ordained for them to be. That none in our midst will fall short of your expectations in any area of our lives. Help us to be effective in the work of the ministry, to be effective in the work of the kingdom. Help us to be effective 
Lord, in fulfilling your mandate for our lives. And help us to leverage relationships to your advantage, to your glory. Let our relationships be highly beneficial. Let them be productive. Let them be transformational. On account of our relationships, let society be better. Lord, help us, we pray. And Lord, you need a man. You need a man. And help me to be the man that you need at any point in time. That I will be faithful. I will be faithful. Your word says about a faithful man who, who can find. I will be faithful. I receive grace to be faithful. The faithful man shall abound with blessing. I receive grace to be faithful. I receive grace to remain loyal and submissive and sincere and sober. Lord, I receive grace to remain a vessel unto honor in your hands, purged from iniquity, sanctified for your use, fashioned after your purpose. Help me, Lord, I pray. Can you ask the Lord to sharpen you the more? Please stand to your feet as we pray for ourselves. Ask the Lord to sharpen you the more, to sharpen you the more, to understand what he will have you do, to understand the roles he will have you play in your family, in your business, in your society, in this nation, wherever he takes you to, that the Lord will help you to understand the roles he will have you play. Whatever it is you are doing right now that is good and godly, ask the Lord to breathe upon it to enlarge you. That the Lord will breathe upon you and enlarge you and enlarge your borders and increase your greatness. Lord, breathe upon me, I pray. Enlarge my borders, increase my greatness in the name of Jesus. Let your hand rest upon me. Let it not grieve me. Let your hand rest upon me. Let it cause me to increase in impact, in relevance, to increase in influence, in dominion. Help me, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Sickness is not of God. Affliction is not of God. The curse is not of God. Inhibitions are not of God. Hindrances are not of God. Obstacles are not of God. Crush them at the place of prayer today. We crush at the place of prayer every form of infirmity and disease. We crush at the place of prayer afflictions, calamity, disaster. We crush at the place of prayer every obstacle, every limitation in the name of Jesus. We crush at the place of prayer lack and distress and disappointment and failure. At the place of prayer, we crush you in the name of Jesus. We crush stagnation and barrenness at the place of prayer in the name of Jesus. Lack, hunger in the name of Jesus. We crush you. Yes, we crush you. And we claim victory, we claim victory, we claim victory, we claim victory. Ask the Lord for flourishing, that you will flourish in life, you will flourish in your seasons. As I go through life, as I go through seasons, let there be flourishing. I will flourish. Your word says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They shall grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Lord Christ, you are my righteousness. I flourish therefore in season, out of season. I flourish. I will not know drought. I flourish. When there is dryness, I flourish. When there is no drought, I flourish all the same. In the name of Jesus, your power is at work in me. The covenant of glory is at work in me. I'm a carrier of the blessing. The blessing works on my behalf the blessing speaks over my life by day by night the blessing is active over me in the name of Jesus and no plan of a devil will prevail and no purpose of wickedness will 
will prevail over my life in the name of Jesus the power of divination the force of enchantment destroyed broken neutralized over my life in the name of Jesus those that sit in darkness that peep into light from darkness they go blind concerning me in the name of Jesus the power of the resurrection of Christ works in me whether I'm awake or asleep, the power of the resurrection of Christ walks in me, walks through me in the name of Jesus. The power of the resurrection of Christ guarantees my victory. I am victorious. By day, by night, I walk in victory. My seed are victorious. My grandchildren are victorious. My spouse is victorious. I am victorious in the name of Jesus. No loss, no defeat, no loss, no defeat, no retreat, no surrender. In the name of Jesus, no loss, no defeat, no retreat, no surrender because of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the shield of faith is on my right hand. The sword of the spirit is on my hand. I have the helmet of salvation in place. I have my belt on the belt of truth. And my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, we give thanks to your name, Jesus. Can you lay hands upon yourself and, and bless yourself? Lay hands upon yourself and bless yourself. Bless yourself. Bless yourself. Bless yourself. I bless you. You are blessed. In your seasons, in your generations, you are blessed. All you lay hands upon to do, blessed every thought of your heart blessed every project you embark upon blessed every dream and desire and goal of your life blessed you are blessed with length of days you are blessed with strength of days you will not expire like smoke you will endure in time you will do valiantly on earth in the name of Jesus no weakness, no sickness, no pain, no shame, no affliction in the name of Jesus. Only grace, only grace, only glory, only glory upon your life in the name of Jesus. Yes, the, you flourish like the righteous. Yes, you shine like the stars in the brightness of the heavens. Yes, the sun will not withdraw herself from you <laughs> the Lord is your everlasting light yes you tread the dust of gold yes the riches of darkness are yours yes the treasure stand in secret places are yours yes thank you father every garment that is not of God every garment that is not of God I command you be torn be torn every garment of shame every garment of reproach every garment of lack of help in the name of Jesus you are torn thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a new season. Thank you, Jesus. For your new season, give thanks to Jesus.
give thanks to Jesus. Remember some things that were said. They were said for your sake. You don't call in your faith while it is still at work. You allow your faith to bring you the harvest until you eat the harvest. Your faith is still at work. Tell the Lord you will see your harvest. You will eat your harvest. You will partake of your harvest. You will, you will bless others with that harvest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are good and your mercies endure forever. We praise. We praise you. of Christ and the power that is at work today is the power of the resurrection of Christ I pronounce and I proclaim therefore your seasons have come to rejoice your hour has come to sing 
Your hour has come to dance. Your hour has come to testify. Receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Give him praise. Give him praise. As you take your seats, don't clap. Take your seats, please. Return the glory to the Lord. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. You are here this morning. You have been searching for peace. Peace, peace, peace has been elusive. Where you are concerned, no peace. It's one fire after the other. One fire after the other. And you are saying, peace, peace. There is one who is the persona of peace. The embodiment of peace. He is the prince of peace. When he rules in your life, he guarantees you peace. There's one Yoruba word for peace called alafia. There's also a dimension of that peace that is called ifokambale. He wants to fokambale. He wants you to have peace that endures like a river. He's Jesus. He's the conqueror of all conquerors, the greatest of all time, the son of a most high God, the answer to the questions in the hearts of men, the light that shines in the darkness that the darkness cannot comprehend. His name is Jesus. The grave could not hold him. Death could not keep him down. His name is Jesus. Demons are subject to him. So if you're saying, I want that Jesus, I want him to be my Lord for the guarantee of my peace. Just raise up your right hand. All heads bowed, all eyes shut. I want to pray for you. You're saying, Jesus, whether you're up on the gallery, whether you're watching from home, whether you're down here, you say, Jesus, I'm ready. Just raise up your right hand. You know that you don't have a relationship with him. And you are far from him. Raise up your right hand, please. And I will pray for you. That's all I want to do. And I will pray for you. Up on the gallery, anybody? Down here, anybody? If you want to rededicate your heart to Jesus, therefore, you can just stand wherever you are and I'll pray for you where you are. Anybody like that? You want to rededicate your heart to the Lord? Okay, I don't see anyone. That's fine. 